Today, we're going to take you guys on a little bit of a cruise. And by cruise, I'm talking about a booze cruise. We're going to talk about the controversial topic of alcohol, to drink or not to drink. Welcome back, everybody, to Unfiltered Goals, where we're taking you apparently on a booze cruise. Oh, booze cruise. Coles said adamantly to me she wanted to record the intro, and I was like, okay, yeah, sure. And she sh- surprised me with that I one. I sprung it on him, and now he's not knowing how to recover from it. Not sure where to go from there. No, I'm just kidding. No, today we want to talk about alcohol, and really the question that prompted the topic here is what is considered good and bad drinking, specifically because there's there's a lot of judgment that comes, I feel like, with the topic of alcohol. I think a lot of people correlate drinking with either alcoholism or going out on every weekend and getting plastered at the bars. Cole and I typically never drink during the week. If it is at all, it's one or two. And then more often than not, during the summer months, you'll catch us on the weekend. We'll go grab a drink at one of our favorite restaurants, Half Liter, or something like that. But it's never an overabundance of it. But we, yeah, we wanted to talk about why we enjoy it and actually what our interests are in it and just talk about some of the judgment for it. I want to point something out. So we didn't really talk about how we were going to start this episode. But I want to point out, because I'm an observer, how in the, how you just started this episode, you immediately went on the defense. Yes. And that was, just so everyone is clear, that was completely unplanned. But I think subconsciously, I even just told Gouda before we started recording, I said, I don't know why, but I already feel like I'm going to have to need to defend my relationship with alcohol, our relationship with alcohol. And then I just thought and sat here and thought about it. And I was like, but why is that? Let's fucked up to like immediately feel like a topic is brought up and you are right away put on the defense. Did you recognize that's what you just did? After you pointed it out to me. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't plan on being that way. But yeah, it was like basically me justifying why we want to talk about it, why we enjoy it. So I think that let's open up this conversation with whether you choose to drink alcohol or not. There's no judgment on either side because I do think that there is a lot of judgment regardless of if you drink or not. I know a lot of people that don't drink and it's not because that like alcoholism runs in their family or anything like that. It's just a personal choice. And like they receive judgment about it all the time. And then there's people like us who like to socially drink and there's judgment attached to that. And so I think that like it's really important that everyone listens to this episode with an open mind and recognizes that like what we choose to do in our free time or what we choose to do in our relationship with alcohol could be very different than what you choose to do. And that's totally fine because Goods and I will go into kind of what our relationship with alcohol has looked like in the past, what it looks like now, what it might look like in the future, because I think this is another topic that like can be taboo to talk about. And we love them taboo topics over here at Unfiltered Goals. So, yeah, but I we think, make it fun. Yeah, I think we just we start by saying the like judgment free zone as always. And hopefully we get that same response from people and they choose to just accept our lives. I'd also like to I have to do this and know this is not cold soapbox, but 
obviously alcoholism is a very serious disease. And if alcoholism runs in your family, then yes, I do think it would be more appropriate for you to manage your alcohol intake, to examine your relationship with alcohol, because that's what it is. Alcoholism is not just something that someone just like stumbles into. Typically it runs in your family. Like it is an actual disease. And like, by no means are we minimizing that or saying that that disease is not a serious thing because it absolutely is. For those of us that are fortunate not to have that disease run in our family or be more susceptible to it, for those of us that like to drink and drink casually, we want to just cast a light on that and maybe explain why we don't need to be defensive about it. But yeah, maybe we start with our origin relationship with alcohol. Yeah, for sure. Those are fun stories. I can say that mine is pretty straightforward, pretty simple. I had only made a small number of choices to drink alcohol before I was even 21. There was a couple of times when it was presented in high school and I just turned it down because like, I really didn't have much interest in it. And then when I went to college before, so this is freshman, sophomore year, before 21, maybe four or five times. And it really, there was maybe once or twice that was in excess because it was it was a frat party and my friends were in that fraternity or whatever. So my re- relationship with alcohol like really didn't start until I was out of college. And I never was a person to drink, just casually grab a drink from my bar and just take a sip. I didn't love whiskey until now, 26, 27, 28 years old. My relationship with alcohol, especially during the pandemic when things were, you were more alone, there wasn't much to do. I was in a house of roommates, basically. What are you going to do? Just hang out and party. And then when after the pandemic hit, or sorry, that yeah, the pandemic was coming to a close, it turned into a moment in time where I realized, like, I, I caught myself going to the bar to drink more. I caught myself using it as a stress reliever. But then I had the the recognition to say, I don't need this. I need I can step away. And then so after that period of time, I had a series of dry weeks or even a, dry, a couple of dry months. It wasn't anything I couldn't handle. And so that's how I know, like, I'm not susceptible to alcoholism. I have, I'm very much in control of it. There are weeks where sometimes I like to drink a lot more. There are weeks where I don't want to touch alcohol because I feel bloated or I just don't want to do it. At this point in my life, I like trying new beers and whiskeys. And that's really all it is. It's a very casual recreational thing. And binge drinking, if you could classify it as that, only ever happens on a very rare occasion. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like my story is relatively similar. It's so funny because I think people are always really surprised when they hear how my relationship with alcohol started. I drank once before I was 21. I was 17 and it was my we were my sister and I were going to IU Bloomington to visit a friend for my sister's 21st birthday. And I <laughs> had a little family meeting with my parents and was like, "Hey guys, I'm going to drink alcohol for the first time this weekend and I'm doing it and I I man, I'm so proud of myself. I like gave them the pros and the cons. I was like, I'm going to do it because I'm with my sister and I'm with one of our best friends and I'm in a place that like I the people that I trust are around me and I'm going to be safe about it, like all of this stuff. And my parents were very appreciative of me being so honest with them because that's the thing is like 
I never wanted the kind of parents who were like, oh, as long as you do it in my house when kids are like super, super young, because I think that develops really unhealthy habits. Mm. And as I'm sure that my parents didn't seem like the coolest when I was younger because they didn't allow me to have parties and drink in the house and all of that kind of stuff. But I also feel like that is what formed my relationship with alcohol now. Like it wasn't this like forbidden thing that I wasn't. My parents also never were like, if you drink alcohol, your life is ruined and you're grounded for life. And I feel like my parents' approach was very much just like, you're mature enough to make these decisions on your own. We want you to be safe and we want you to be honest with us more than anything. And I swear on my entire life and everything that I love, I never, ever thought to myself while I was in high school until that moment. And it was only because I was going to a college campus and my sister was turning 21 and Mm -hmm. like I wanted to celebrate with her. I honestly never had any inkling to drink alcohol when I was in high school before that happened and even after that happened. And I honestly have to give credit to my parents. I'm sure my mom is just loving that I'm giving her a shout out on an (laughs) episode about alcohol. But like I think my parents handled that whole situation really well because it didn't ever give me like I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything I also didn't feel like it was this forbidden fruit that like as a teenager I had to indulge in that whole kind of thing and even after I went away to college my freshman year beginning of sophomore year thankfully I'm like an early aged person whatever so like I turned 21 pretty early and so I was able to go out to bars and stuff like that but I just, I enjoyed being the DD for my friends that would go to parties when I went to college and when I wasn't drinking. It just wasn't really, I, there was no judgment about it though. I absolutely would go pick up my friends from parties, go to parties, just not drink. And I, I can't really tell you why exactly other than the fact that in my mind, I was like, you know, this rule is put in place of not drinking until you're 21 for a reason. And I want to respect that, which like kind of blows my mind because I think that sometimes I can be incredibly oppositional. And I just wasn't when it came to that. I knew that I wanted to be a social worker. I knew that if I happened to get pulled over or arrested at a party and I got a minor in possession, my career could be ruined. My life could be ruined. And I didn't take that lightly. So yeah, after that one time at IU and I had a great time that weekend, it was super fun. Everybody was very safe and like my parents and I were able to talk about it when I got home. But I mean, after that, I just, yeah, I didn't drink at all until I was 21. I even still feel like my college days weren't typical college days. Like I went to a few parties. Parties weren't just like those frat parties in the basements, like everyone's all sweaty and there's this weird theme and whatever. Like. Gross. Those were just so not my scene. I was much more of a let's go out to a bar kind of girl. And so I didn't drink much until my senior year of college. I would say senior year, I was single. I was living with my best friends. I was like living my best life. But then after that, I moved back home. So it still wasn't really like a thing. I very much consider myself a social drinker. And I look back on like years where I was spending more time alone or I didn't have a huge group of friends or I didn't have a close group of friends. And I don't, I didn't drink much during those days, which tells me again that I'm a social drinker and that's totally fine. I don't mind being labeled as someone like that. And then the pandemic hit. But I think that the pandemic, when the pandemic hit, I, my roommates and I were like trying to do more stuff at home, obviously. And one of those things was learning how to make cocktails. And it was something that like was just so fascinating to me. 
And it's crazy because I'm sure, again, my mom is shaking her head because this also describes like why people love to cook. They take all these different <laughs> ingredients and then you put them all together and they make something amazing and flavorful and blah, blah, blah. But that's how I look at cocktails. I think about all these different ingredients and then you put them together and like you can make a cocktail that speaks to so many different people and so many different, what's the word I'm looking for? Palettes. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's just, it's so amazing to me. And one of my roommates was really into it and she got me to try like cocktails of like liquors that I would never originally try, like whiskey, bourbon, things like that, even gin. It was so cool to me that something I thought that I really disliked. If you put it with the right ingredients, it was actually really good and really tasty. So I feel like the pandemic kind of opened my eyes up to that world and how and first sparked my interest into learning how to properly make cocktails. And then it got me thinking, like, what could this be in the future? And mm -hmm. then I met Josh and <laughs> surprise, surprise, he was thinking something very similar to what I was thinking for the future. And I think that's another reason why people get really judgmental. And I want to just shake people that are like, we think you drink too much. And and I'm like, OK, if you think I drink too much, like that's on you because I know my limit. I drink in moderation. I'm very rarely are you ever and you can ask my friends very rarely. Are you going to find me the person that's like stumbling around, not able to speak properly? I'm not that kind of person. Has it happened in my life? Of course, it's happened to pretty much everybody. But that is not who I am when I drink heavily at like parties or whatever. And like, I think it's important for people to recognize I may enjoy a few drinks, but I'm never getting out of control. Or if I am, it's one in a million times. And I think that's super important too for people to recognize because people just associate parties with binge drinking and people getting shit faced and all of this stuff. But that's typically not what's happening. Yeah, I think that's a perfect segue into the discussion around. So my family, like, for the most part, are not drinkers. And they, I feel like, cast a bit of judgment on the fact that I, I like to have, I like to collect whiskey. I like to go out and have a beer with my food, that, that type of stuff. On the weekends, I feel pretty much, I think this applies to a lot of things. Like when we were growing up, marijuana was this huge deal. Mm -hmm. Like you're turning into a druggie, you're taking the gateway drug. And we've been to states where it's legal. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, Michigan. And per partaken in such a drug. And it's okay. This isn't actually what we thought it was. Right. It's this idea cooked up in people's heads of what is associated with that thing. Yeah. Specifically around alcohol, people associate alcohol with getting sloppy. And there's just, there's not, there, there there's a balance, just like everything. There's a balance between, okay, I'm drinking every single night. I'm stressed. I'm coping. I'm drinking way too much too fast. There is a fine line with every single thing. And as long as you're in control and not susceptible, you're not coping, you are in check with yourself, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it when it comes to, when it comes to anything like alcohol, in my yeah. opinion. No, I totally agree. I So Josh and I did a dry month this January, and I think that our goals for that dry month were a little different. I found myself feeling like I needed to explain myself to people, like, why are you doing a dry month? When all reality, I didn't need to explain shit to anybody because it was my decision and that's when it was successful and it was great and whatever. 
But the reason I wanted to do the dry month wasn't because I felt like I had a dependency on alcohol. It was because I I wanted to prove to myself in certain situations I didn't need to have a drink. So going to a few of our favorite restaurants who happen to have some of our favorite beer or favorite cocktails and being able to eat there, knowing that like I it's the food still tastes great even without the craft beer or just because it's Saturday night, I'm going to pour myself a cocktail. Like, obviously that's, and, but on the flip side too, if it is Saturday night and even if we're out or we're in and we're watching a movie and I want to pour myself a cider, I'm not going to be like, oh no, I shouldn't do this. I want people to hear me very clearly here. I am one of the few people, maybe not, I feel like it's few, who genuine, genuinely, wholeheartedly enjoy the taste of alcohol. Mm. Just like some people enjoy the taste of soda or they enjoy the taste of tea or coffee. I genuinely You're here do, on the coffee. Like I hate coffee. I can't even I can't stomach even the smell of it. But like I love the taste of cider. It's light, it's refreshing. I love the taste of tequila. Yes, I realize that that, that sounds weird, but like tequila-based drinks are always my favorite. I genuinely Josh loves the taste of bourbon. Like we don't drink to get drunk, and I think that's a very important thing. Now, will I be getting a little tipsy at my wedding? Obviously, I think that the idea of alcohol going hand in hand with things was what I needed to get my like what I need to get out of my head. So like some people would be like, oh, alcohol, beer goes hand in hand with golf, right? You're out golfing with your buddies. You're going to have a few beers. In my mind, like eating out at restaurants went hand in hand with like having a nice craft cocktail or craft Mm. beer. And that dry month proved to me that's I needed to get rid of that association. And Mm. that's what exactly what happened. And now there has been times where I've gone to restaurants and not felt a need to order drinks. Mm. But when I order a drink at a restaurant, it is because I like the taste of it or I want to try something new. Yeah, that's a big one. And I think that like moving into as like the way this conversation is going to head is we're going to talk about like what we want to do as a couple in the future. This is all part of it. I Josh is going to laugh at me for saying this, but I am one of the few people that never watched Vanderpump Rules when it was like first coming out. And now with all the scandals that are going on, I've gotten into it. But these people are in the restaurant business. They're left and right opening up bars and restaurants and all these things and like tasting cocktails and having cocktail tasting with your friends and like trying new foods and drinks and how they pair together. That is part of the business. That is part of what like all of these things we're working towards. And I think, again, no one's ever sat down and been like after they say, hey, Nicole, I think you drink too much. They've never been like. Why do you drink as much as you do? Which I don't personally feel like I drink that much. And again, I can already feel like getting defensive. Josh and I don't drink during the week typically. And if we do, it's very rarely. And then we had weekends like we did this past weekend where we went out for dinner and a couple of drinks with some friends. And then Saturday night, Saturday day and Saturday night, we stayed in for the entire night. And like we ate popcorn And I drank a Truly and we watched a movie and I made us a cocktail. I made us whiskey sours. And again, it's that's nothing. And yes, there are some weekends where we're going to the beer fest and Nicole's a little drunky pants. You know what? And that's fine. If there are times where that happens, that's a part of life and that's a part of our life. And we shouldn't be judged for that. But we also know how to function on the opposite side. And I feel like that gets lost way too often. 
Yeah, I think before we transition, I think the just the most important lesson of all of this is, yes, if there is a family member or a friend, someone you care about that you're noticing maybe there's an attachment there, you notice they're, they've been down and they just keep getting drink after drink and you're seeing behavior mm-hmm. associated with alcohol, yeah. that's a reason to check in, right. especially if they're not addressing it themselves. But for the people that like to socially or you just like the taste of it, just one drink is not going to hurt. One drink at dinner is not going to hurt. A couple drinks with your friends because you haven't seen them in a while is not going to hurt. Don't cast judgment. There doesn't need to be any judgment. If there is reckless behavior, absolutely, it's time to address. And for those of you that are listening and they're like, I don't get the even just the social aspect. I don't get the need to drink socially. That's fine. If that's not if that's not what you want to do, if that's not how you socialize, that is totally fine. We just happen to have a group of friends, friends that literally all love bourbon tastings and they love craft beer and all of these things that are like, I love going to new breweries or new restaurants in our city, the city that we fell in love with, the city that like we call home. I love going to these places and supporting them and trying new things and trying new beers and all of these things. And like, it just, I hope someone does that for us someday. Yeah, for sure. That was a transition right there. Nice transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was really good. What do we want to do with our lives in the future? We've we've hinted at it before a little bit. We want to start a brewery together. We also want to start maybe a cider house one day because there's not a ton of those. There's a couple. But we really want to start a brewery together. We found this interest, a common interest between the two of us early on in our relationship, actually the first date. So what does that mean for us? We have a long way to go, right? We're still very much, we have to pay for a wedding. We have to do some other things I'm trying to advance in my career. There's a lot of steps to go through. And one of those steps is honestly understanding the food and beverage industry Breweries, typically, if you have a, what's it called, like a tasting room, I think in Indiana, by law, you have to serve to some type of food. I think that's why bars have like peanuts yeah, and but that stuff, could be like, like hot pockets and yeah. things like that. Yeah. But we want to make sure that just as in general, we understand the restaurant industry. So that's a big upfront cost. The second thing is having a brewmaster and the equipment. I don't have enough time in the day to also learn how to become a brewmaster. I would much rather work at the operational level of ownership and have somebody with experience run the show when it comes to the day-to-day and production of our drinks. Where Cole and I, really where this, I think, brewery concept comes from, the desire for a brewery, it comes from this desire to be social, to have a common place or a place for our friends to gather, to meet new people. Yeah. And just honestly be a place in our community that people feel welcome and they feel like it's a it's an opportunity to go see their friends or meet other people or do fun activities, what whatever it might be. That's really where it all stems from. And alcohol, craft beer is sort of the glue in the middle of yeah. all of that. So that's really where it comes from. And I think, too, like the brewery concept, the cider house, whatever it may be, like it's, yeah, the overarching concept is a community. And I think about Josh and I's relationship literally started because of, I think it's technically a gastropub, but like it technically started because 
a group of friends met up at a cast at a gastropub yeah. for a couple of beers. And like that's where the beginning of so many of my amazing friendships with my group of friends now have started. And I think about like when you go to visit someone in a different city, what do they want to do? They want to show you their favorite places, right? They yeah. want to take you to their favorite restaurants. They want to take you to their favorite breweries or their favorite bars. And I just think about this concept of Josh and I have a unique perspective on things. We have very unique and different personalities and different skill sets. But I think that would make such an amazing place. We're both incredibly open and accepting. And if we can create a place where people can gather with the people that they love most or people can come because they're having a bad day and they need some community around them, people that go to this place because they don't even feel accepted in other places, like these are all of the big picture goals. And if beer is going to get us there, then like that's what it is. But I think, too, Indianapolis is an amazing city. Mm -hmm. It doesn't give the credit. It does not get the credit that it deserves. And I think about when people come to visit, I'm always like, let me take you here. Let me take you here. Let me show you a bit of like my home. And to be able to do that in just more unique fashion, like opening a brewery and having a space of our own, a space to gather with people. And that's, you can have community anywhere. Absolutely. But typically, where do you find a group of people? It's around a table sitting at a restaurant or a bar, right? And they're sure. sharing food, sharing drinks, shooting the shit, like whatever. And that's what I want. That's what I want for my friends. That's what I want for my family. That's what I want for us, strangers. Like I want a community. I want a place to gather. I want people to feel welcome. I want people to be able to have hard conversations with one another there. I want to do good things for our community. I want to partner with rescues so we can help out the fur baby community. Do I love the taste of beer and trying different craft beers? Absolutely, because people don't understand. When brewmasters, breweries, whatever, when they make all of these different craft beers, it's like a little bit of their personality going in, into each and every one. It's the same thing with cocktails. Their little bits of their personality are going into these drinks. And then when you're having them, they're sharing that little bit of themselves with you. That's what people don't realize. It's not just a way. It's not just fruity drinks that like taste good or like a shot that'll get you buzzed or whatever the case may be. It is honestly the way that I look at alcohol. It is a little bit of a person that they are sharing with you. And that's what I want to do. That's what we want to do in the future. Is that's what we're doing right now with this podcast. We're sharing little bits of ourselves mm -hmm. and we're trying to make it more acceptable to talk about hard things and have these like really in depth, meaningful conversations. But imagine if we could have unfiltered goals at our brewery someday without microphones Heck yeah. and just have an open and honest conversation with people. Now, and see, now I'm all fired up again because it's like <laughs> these are the things that I want for us. And I wish people could just take a step back and look at the bigger picture sometimes and recognize that what do I like? Do I like to drink? Yes. Do I like to party? Yeah, sometimes. But like more than anything, I love my friends. I love being around them. I love Josh. I love being around him. And I love just sharing in that sense of community with them. And craft beer and cocktails <laughs> and, and drinks, what have you. It's a great reason to gather together. Just have a nice, honestly, what's better than a crisp beer on a 
Like a summer day. My goodness. You mean in a cold glass or in a not cold glass? In a chilled glass, please. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, to sum it all up, we do have a few steps, right? We've got, there's capital to be raised. There's decisions to be made. There's a lot that goes into starting up something like that. We are absolutely going to have to rely on our friends and our connections but it's something that hopefully we can like even talk about and build like in public mm. but it's going to be some years away yeah but during this time we're doing our planning we are we're figuring things out so when you guys when anyone comes over to our house and i start offering cocktails that i've been trying and making at home that's probably what's going to happen in the near future. We like having people at our house and we like offering them these things. And Josh has all these fancy bourbons that he's gathered over the years. And it's just, again, it's a piece of that stuff represents Josh. It's a part of who he is. He loves bourbon. He loves collecting bourbon. I love the story behind. Yeah. And like that. So like when someone comes over to our house and he offers them some bourbon or a drink or something like that, again, I just think of it as like he is trying to offer a piece of himself, a version of himself, a little bit of his personality. And I love that. Thanks, everybody, for tuning into another episode of Unfiltered Goals. Do we drink too much? No, no, we don't. Depending on who you ask, we might. But you know what? Who cares? The theme of the show is you do you, fam. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.